Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Saturday morning, and this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness, who we featured on episode 145. Now, if you haven't heard that episode, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. Well, I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to take a look at the leadership books on my website. Harry Truman once said that not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. So if you're not reading leadership books today, I highly encourage that you get started. Now, I've written three leadership books, and I highly recommend that you start with I Have the Watch first. It's filled with 22 short stories will help you become a leader worth following. It's a quick read, and most people finish it in less than three hours. It's available on Kindle and on Audible, so you can listen to it in the car or while you're working out. And a Spanish version is also in the works. So check out all my books on Amazon or on my website, johnsrunny.com. I also wanted to mention that Deep Leadership is now ranked in the top 2.5% most popular shows out of 3 million podcasts globally, according to Listen Score. Now we're closing in on the top 100 management podcasts in the U.S. as well. So I want to thank each and every one of you for listening in every week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show. So thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today we're going to be talking about strategic narratives, and my guest is Guillaume Viat, and he's going to show us why strategic narratives are critical for organizational alignment. Now, if you're ever wondering how to get your entire team on the same page, you're going to love this discussion. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Guillaume Viat. Guillaume is an entrepreneur, consultant, marketing strategist, university educator, author, and speaker. He's the author of a new book called Strategic Narrative, a simple method that business leaders can use to help everyone understand their business, get behind it, and believe in it. And I wanted to get him on the show to talk about this idea of a strategic narrative and why it's so important uh, that you have it as a leader for your business. So, Guillaume, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, John. It's yeah. a pleasure. To be, it's just a pleasure to to uh, to be here, and I'm ready to dive deep. 
<laughs> well, good. You're on the right show then. Uh, perfect. <laughs> I wanted to just, you know, set the stage before we dive into the subject of strategic narratives, but uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, I know you're an entrepreneur. You've done a lot of different projects. How did you end up in the world of leadership consulting and business consulting? Uh, I initially thought when I was very young that leadership is a title, and I quickly found out that it's not a title. <laughs> it could be correlated to a title, but it's not necessarily caused by a title. Leadership is uh, is to me a practice. It's a it's a it's a chance. It's a it's an opportunity that you may want or need to seize sometimes. And very early on in my career, I had I was lucky enough to be presented with that opportunity to to help people figure out complex technical projects, technical um, difficulties, and adapt through drastic changes in my area of consulting and strategy. And I started my career uh, right before the dot-com boom era, so 20-something years ago uh, in France. And uh, and I had previously traveled the, the world in the in the Navy. I was on a helicopter carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had that uh, very, uh, I think, interesting um, interest for multicultural environment and making people work together. And one day I was brought on a project where I thought I mean, what was the, the the topic of the project was something very technical. I had some knowledge about uh, e-commerce and I, I was brought on to help at a large company and I, in the first 30 minutes of the first meeting, the kickoff meeting that I was in charge of preparing, I realized the problem was not technical at all. It was, it was a team problem. So I had two choices, follow my, my scripted agenda to talk about technical stuff or derail my own meeting and really talk about the elephant in the room mm. and with the risk of not pleasing everybody but just doing what's right that's the course i took and it was a dangerous course but a few months later it helped us to really uh, achieve greater results that i you know that i could have anticipated the team worked together finally well so uh, that's my background. That's how I, 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 I had the, the chance to just jump into a situation where my leadership capacities were tested. And that's and, a lot of times the best, best ways to do it is getting those opportunities to those swings at bat, if you will, uh, to, to practice leadership. I, I, I believe that I, I don't think I was, uh, I'm still, I mean, I, I probably learned leadership my whole life uh, and it will take me multi, it should take me multiple life to learn leadership. <laughs> yes. really. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I had this chance. I think I made some mistakes along the way. I learned from my mistakes, but I, 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 I believe this, this, it starts where at least it's, that's where it started for me. So mm. outstanding, outstanding. And your company is called MetaHelm and yeah. Uh, you, what do you do to help business leaders? What kind of services do, do you provide? And tell us a little bit about the origin story for the, your company's name, because that's an interesting name. So MetaHelm is based in Seattle, uh, okay. Washington, west coast of the United States. I I have clients a little bit all over the world. Uh, only uh, only a small portion of my clients are in the United States. Uh, I have clients on on pretty much all continents at this point. Oh, wow. And what we do is that we specialize in what I call strategic narrative, which we'll we'll be, talk about this in a moment. And what a strategic narrative does for leadership of uh, of those of my clients' organization is that it helps them do two things. One is align people better, and mm-hmm. two is 
accelerate the speed of innovation. So I work with mostly uh, founders, business owners, and CEOs of companies who I call that I call transformative. I call them transformative because they are on a trajectory to transform uh, one of three things typically, either their industry, those companies come up with new processes, new patent, new IP. They want to change the way um, the industry has has worked for a long time. Uh, the second reason why they I call them transformative is because they want to transform people's condition. So an example would be uh, companies in the healthcare industry who are really set to transform people's life. And a, a third, a third reason why they're transformative is because, and that's a growing part of my of my business right now, is transforming our environment and our society. Mm-hmm. More and more companies use business as a force for good, and they actually use uh, typical traditional businesses to actually impact their environment in a different way. So that's what my business does. Why is it called MetaHelm? <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so I, this is my fourth venture. That's my fourth business, and with, with this one, I didn't have a, a co-founder, and so I was the sole uh, owner of the responsibility to find a name. And I thought, okay, how do you find a real good name that that is really aligned with what I want to do in that in that situation? And I had researched. Uh, I had more time to research how other founders found the name for the the company, and I. Uh, I came across uh, some examples where there was something tied to the founder and so- something tied to the, the background of the founder. So Helm is actually the second uh, part of my first name, Yom, Guillaume. Yeah. And a Helm is, I'm a sailor, and a Helm is what yes. sets you know, the course of a ship. And I immediately thought, that's a good sound. I like it. It has a connection with me. And that's what I want to provide to my clients. It's help them setting a better direction for their ship, their company, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and then I also I always thought that Meta sounded cool. And that was way before Facebook way before, decided, before. <laughs> decided to rebrand. And I thought Meta Helm, yes, it's actually the company that guides the guides to be better guides. And that's that was exactly what my uh, what I wanted my value proposition to be, and I checked if he, if that if that name was taken and that name was available. Uh, that's that's something that many people don't think about, but mm-hmm. you know you've you've got to you got to make sure that you can use actually, you know, this name without causing any problem. So that's the story behind my name. Very good. I like the idea of, of the helm uh, yeah. as a Navy guy myself. So I, yes, I, I, I appreciate I, it. Absolutely. I figured you'd, you'd appreciate that too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you work on and you write about strategic narrative. So help us understand, you talked a little bit about it, but help us understand what a strategic narrative is and how is it just different from, you know, your typical business storytelling? Because we've talked about storytelling on this podcast before, but this is something different. This is something special. What is it and how is it different? So just like most business people, I, I found myself using the word story and narrative kind of interchangeably in my daily uh, language for you know many years. And 
very quickly I thought, yeah, this storytelling is so important. How come we are not taught about this? So I started buying books on storytelling maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I was so engrossed, so so attracted by this topic that I was reading books after books on this topic. And naturally that started to uh, show through my work and people started to recognize me for this new skill set of being able mm-hmm. to uh, help them tell better stories. So people would come naturally to me and say, can you help me tell my story? And that's that's kind of something we we hear all the time. Like, hey, we got to tell our our story, or what's your story? And so I I jumped on that marketing and strategy bandwagon as it started, you know, leaving the station 10, 15 years ago. And I saw and I thought I do storytelling. And one day I thought, wait a minute, what what's why do we have story and narrative? There must be a reason why there are two words. And there was it was at the same time where I thought that the traditional way to do business storytelling has something that feels inauthentic, has something a little bit broken. We borrow this, we borrow this mindset from movie making. But the problem is that in a movie, you can make up any story you want. Mm. In reality, you should not make up any story you want. You should, in my opinion, as my my, my values thrive to uh, and try to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So I thought there is something off here. However, I also hear everybody talking about the narrative about society, the narrative about economy, the narrative about a special type of product, you know, the narrative about politics, the narrative about religion. So I thought there is something here I need to explore. And in doing some research, I found that, yeah, there are actually two different meanings mm-hmm. for those two different words. A story as typically, a, so I'm, I'm going to try to give you and our listeners some very very concrete and distinct, you know, pointers here. A story, think about a story as a as a single unit inside a, a large system of other stories that form a narrative. Another metaphor is if a narrative is a galaxy, a story is one planet or one star. Mm-hmm. Right? If you go on social media and you want to and you're 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 exposed to the narrative, say about uh, environment and green technology, you will read countless of different stories that shape your understanding and your opinion on this particular topic. It's not just one story who's going to do that. And so a story has typically a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like you open, see all those books behind me, they're pretty much all about storytelling and they will all tell you the same. There is a story, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there's different story arcs and so on. A narrative is open-ended. Why? It's because a narrative is socially constructed. A narrative is is a dynamic concept that evolves on a daily basis. In March 2020, we had a a very clear narrative about the economy. In April of 2020, because of of COVID, our narrative about the economy completely changed. Yeah. Because all of the conversations all of a sudden are about COVID, about uh, how we're going to survive and what's going to happen this, what's going to happen there. And we hear yeah. all of those stories about companies doing such a thing, companies doing another thing. Our narrative is changing. So our, our, our belief system is changing. So I, as, I, as I use that example, I was thinking of that example. As COVID, there was hundreds and hundreds of stories of how COVID was affecting businesses. Yep. And yep. that became the narrative of like, exactly. oh, we're going to a remote work, you know, environment. 
the right. narrative was remote work, but the, the, All the about stories work. were everyone trying to deal with how right. do I deal with this infectious disease and do get my job done and, and, and run my company. So exactly. one of the narratives that came out of that was this concept of remote and hybrid work environments, which didn't exist really to to to, to a large extent before yeah. before that. So I I think I understand the concept. So it's so a few more layers here. A narrative is also a point of view. It's a viewpoint. It, mm. A narrative is never neutral. Mm. A story is a recount of fact and event. It's 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 what it is. A narrative always shifts the way people think about something. Right. Um, another another thing I want you to and how does it apply to our businesses now? So here is the thing: we say, well, hey, um, you've got this great company. Tell me your company's story. And that's a, it's a problem right there. You don't have a company story. You have thousands of stories within your organizations. You have your founder story. You have your vision and mission and yeah, stories yeah. that illustrate this. You've got your cust- your customers. Your your whole market is bringing you bringing you back stories that adds to the narrative. And then there is, the, of course, your your team, right? Your team come you, join you and come to work and join you on your adventure, um, on your entrepreneurial adventure with their own story and their own narrative. So yeah. all of that is a complex system. And so what I've noticed over the over the years is that when we say let's tell our story, we have no clue what story we're going to talk about. Yeah, no one knows. So you put everybody in the room, say, okay, let's tell our story. First of all, we don't even know what story we're supposed to tell. Mm. So I wanted to build a system to clarify this, which I did. I bought, I, I built a framework many years ago called the Strategic Narrative Canvas, which helps you organize what is it we're, we're, that we're talking about. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized is that once your narrative is more coherent, people seem to turn naturally towards the same direction. They start shooting and working towards the same overall goal. It's never perfectly aligned, but overall, your your ship, you know, if I if I may continue with that metaphor, yeah, is kind of going is kind is kind of going towards the the same course. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I like. That's what I like about the book. The way it's written, it's very visual, and you do yeah. use like vector arrows to talk mm-hmm. about how um alignment so right. talk to us about why uh strategic is so strategic narratives are so important to get alignment that that was that that really stood out to me when i went through the book well i wanted to uh, write a book that can kind of that breaks away from the typical literature on business storytelling that says the same thing and i stepped back and i thought what do business people care about do they care about, do we care about being a better storyteller? No, we can't. We, fr- frankly, do you care? Do I care? I don't care. What I care about is, my, is that my business works better. Yeah. And I care that people are aligned. That I care about. So I wanted to start my book with that, uh, that truth that, hey, your business is about people working in the same direction right? Mm. And so why does this matter? It's because 
alignment is not just about your team. It's uh, think about a company as a congregation, as a group at, at, the, at the basic human level. We gather through businesses because we want to serve people. We want to make a profit to feed our families and, and, and grow our communities and be, and be, you know, it's a safety need. It's a, it's a health need, right? So we have those human relationships and those human, those human relationships really wor work if we, if we all together kind of work together in the same direction. So that's why it's so essential. It's really hard because we are in a day and we're in days and age where there is so much information. Um, we are challenged by being in the same workplace. So we are remotely dispersed. So how do you keep, you know, people thinking about similar things and, and thinking about uh, things in a similar way? Or if there is divergence, no problem. But how do you bring people back remotely to discuss those uh, mm -hmm. those gaps that you may have within your team or outside? So it's I think it's a critical topic that we see that that shows through all our conversations about the workplace these days, um, the latest bird buzzword, you know, the quiet quitting. Yeah, uh, yeah, you've heard about this, right? To me, that's a great example of misalignment in our society. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not even aligned anymore about why companies should exist in our relationship between somebody and and uh, and a company. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This podcast is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Now, don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to help take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. So if you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at jeremyclevengerfitness.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Fraternity of Excellence. The Fraternity of Excellence is an online and real-world community for men who are looking to improve in all areas of their lives. The men of FOE are working together to become better husbands, fathers, and leaders at work and in their communities. They live by a simple philosophy, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, I've been a member for more than three years, and for me, I finally found a brotherhood of men that I was missing from my time in the military. Now, I love being around guys who are dedicated to becoming a better version of themselves. So if you're interested in becoming a man of excellence as well, go to fraternityofexcellence.com, or you can reach out directly to me to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, th- that's exactly right. Yeah, this you've got real, you got me really thinking because when I went through the material too, you know, like you said, when you're a smaller company like myself, right? I'm a small manufacturing company, right? So alignment's pretty easy because I know everybody by name. I know their wife's name. I know their dog's yeah. name. I know everything. So we're pretty much aligned because we're small. But I've also worked 22 years in corporate and I've worked in companies where it was chaos. Like, and you have some examples in the book of arrows going yeah. in all different directions. Everyone have different yeah. agendas and moving in different directions and, and, uh-huh. and a real need for a, a flow of, mm-hmm. of a, a strategic narrative in a certain direction that we're headed and, and, and well communicated through the organization so that people knew where we were headed and we could be aligned. It seemed like uh, the bigger the company is, the more, that this this uh, it almost looks like chaos when you look at the direction everybody's heading in, and in some cases people are heading in the opposite direction of what you're trying. Without, yeah, yeah, and, and without noticing it, without even knowing it, like they think they're doing something that is the right thing, and then they don't realize that it's not. Yeah, it's not, it's yeah, not, it's not because it's it's malintent. It's because they they just can't picture this. So whose responsibility is it to fix this? Most people think. Oh, narrative, that's a marketing thing. Ding, marketing. Let's redo our website. Let's change our mission statement, our vision <laughs> statement. Let's redo our collateral. Uh, let's new logo, uh, new colors, please. That's the outside. Yes, it's part of the narrative. But maybe it's 20% at the most. Right. What matters is what's inside. How do you yeah. fix this inside? And 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 even greater, even more important is what's outside. You don't, you, 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 we are in an era where you don't, what you say doesn't matter. It's what, it's what they say, what your customers say, what your market says about you, what your partners, your investors, your your whole ecosystem says about your, your company, you know, go on, on Glassdoor, all those sites about employment. You will read fascinating things about your company narrative that you didn't know about, that your marketing is completely uh, out of the equation. So, so uh, whose responsibility is this? It's the CEO's responsibility. It's the captain of the ship responsibility. What responsibility do you have? You don't have a responsibility to define exactly and prescribe and write it down and say, this is our narrative and that's what you're going to learn by heart. <laughs> no, your responsibility is to bring people along and, and really the, be the facilitator of this new community it's a new way to think about companies more as a movement if you think about very famous movement leaders and uh in in the technology space there are very famous ceos that have really thought about their their company as a movement first Mm. they bring people together to say we've got some serious changes happening here or or here is an idea for a new a new way to operate help me figure out this thing I yeah, can't do yeah. this myself. I'm not going to tell you everything because I don't know everything. But your responsibility as a business leader is to acknowledge this, is to acknowledge that that meta layer inside and outside your company that I call a narrative and to say, hey, let's do something about it. I'm hearing um, statics here in the in the message. I'm hearing things that that we say outside that don't match with what we're trying to do inside. It's actually impacting our delivery process, our product design process. It's it's impacting our suppliers. It's it's impacting maybe our quality of in the work environment, our culture. 
and whatnot. And, and that's your job to do that. So it's your job to listen for the static, listen for the arrows going in the different directions and, yeah. and sort of getting them back aligned. I was just thinking like, like if you think a couple, a company like Apple, right, you know, and they are known for elegant designs and, and simple operating systems. And, and so if, if they were to come up with a product that was clunky and that was uh, had too many buttons, it would be sort of opposite of the narrative. And it would be the leader's job to say, Hey guys, this was a miss. Like this is not aligned. This is not, or, or a product that, uh, you know, that is just not up to speed or what we know, what we've known Apple to be. And so they're, they, they quickly say, this is not aligned with our narrative. This needs to go away. We need to change course. And I love this example, John, because uh, this is exactly what happened in the late 90s when Job, le- Job mm-hmm. Steve Job left the company and the company is starting to go down because they they they, they were launching products that were completely misaligned with the yeah. with the original narrative of Apple. Yeah. That he had shaped so carefully and so intentionally and so deeply into people's mind. Right. And so he came back to put the company back on track and now there is leadership inside the company and this company has has has, has got you know gotten such a size that it's it's it seems to be you know um consistent with its original narrative. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to us about this idea of a true believer and how a, how a strategic narrative creates true believers. And, and are they just employees? Are they customers? Are they uh, uh, suppliers? Who, who, who become true believers? There is not a particular status for a true believer. It could be it could be a fan that you have. It could be a supporter. Okay. It could be somebody who has never bought one of your once one of uh, a single product from you, okay. but who just because they don't need it. But just but it could be somebody who just loves your company and wants to help you and wants to cheer you and say, "This is great." Um, you know, I, I really believe in you. Maybe they they become investors. Mm-hmm. A, a, a true a true believer comes when you understand that. People will buy a story. They, they will buy a story, but will people? But people will almost die for a narrative. Mm. Like it's when you have achieved this level of alignment between what you believe, who you are as a leader, what you provide to the community, and your and your and what product you deliver. That is so coherent that people start seeing it. That it's highly relevant to them. And mm-hmm. I'm going to give discretionary time, effort, attention to be part and to belong to this group. So gi- let me give you some examples. Harley Davidson. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, and I am, I, I am, I am using examples. Uh, it's not a, one of my clients, but I want to use that example because everybody knows it. I don't have to explain what they do. <laughs> uh, Harley Davidson has achieved uh, almost um, a, a cult status, right? Yeah, uh, people will gather together without Harley Davidson's marketing or or whoever in at Harley Davidson asking them to do so. They right. will gather together on a Sunday, create their own event, name their own group because they 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 are just such believers in in what this company represents. Notice I don't use the term brand. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, but I rarely use the term brand. I use the term company. Or group or organization, because I want to explain that this is at the human level. Branding yeah, yeah. is is one of the layers of that level, but but I'm I'm just maybe one level higher or or on the right or on the side, but that's what it is. So true believers 
will do that for you. Uh, here is another name of a, a, a company we have in Seattle called Mug Pizza. It's yeah. a na- now national, yeah, national chain. The 550 stores at this, at, you know, to this day, um, they just went public or about to go public. And this company is built around a very smart, very strong, very relevant strategic narrative, which is pizza as a society, as a platform for societal change. Yep. Right. Yeah. Who thought about launching and yet another pizza place in 2008, where <laughs> there's, a, there's a market saturated with 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 pizza restaurants and 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 these founders go, well, pizza is is important, but what's more important is to give people fair working conditions and and jobs, and we we can impact our society uh, with the excuse of it's almost an excuse. They wouldn't say that, but I say it. It's almost an excuse that we're going to use pizza to create that change. And so that's another another example of a company who has a very strong strategic narrative and who has created true believers, people who mm-hmm. truly believe that every time they go to the re- to a restaurant, not only they get outstanding product, they are not bothered by, do I get one or two or three or 10 toppings? It's the same price. <laughs> and, but mm-hmm. I do help this company who offers fair benefits to their employees and, tr- and treat people you know right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, we, their, that's their belief. We have one in town and we that's yeah. a place we'll stop by occasionally. And uh, it's a good place to eat. And uh, again, it hires, they hire people and they treat them right. And I think that's yeah. good. And they're, they're consistent with their narrative for sure, right. even in our local restaurant. Yeah. And another, another uh, benefit I, I want to highlight for listeners here is that once you do this, Okay, not everybody uh, has to agree that uh, selling pizza this way is better for... You could disagree. It's fine. It's fine. You could say, no, I, I still like Domino's because the products is more my style. And really, you know, your cause, I don't relate to it. Fine. But what is what this does for Mod Pizza is that it sets them apart. It differentiates them. What's the difference between Domino's and Pizza Hut? More cheese, less cheese, you know, little. What's the, what's the difference between Domino's and Mod? the impact in society and that people remember and people, that people remember, remember that and they're attracted and they, and, they, yeah. and, they, and they can better choose do i yeah. agree with that or not so yeah. so then my position my strategic position in the market is now an asset and that's why i call it strategic narrative it's because, mm. because we build this for strategic purposes not just because we want to have a cool story on our website who cares who cares about the right. cool story yeah. great you have your i see all those websites now with our story. Great. Fantastic. I'm very happy for you. You have a cool story. It's a, it's a founder story that, that people, you know, will, will resonate with. It's awesome. I don't, I don't deny it, but what is your narrative? Let's scratch the surface a little bit. Yeah. I like that a lot. And so, so leaders who are listening into this and they're like, oh, wow, this is a good point. Like we have on our website, we have a story. We have our founding story, right? Like we, you know, the first first restaurant was opened in you know 1971 in a small town in you know Massachusetts, and they they've got that story, uh-huh. um, but that's not a narrative. And so if 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 leaders are listening in and they hear that and they say this is really resonating with them, how do they get started with? How do I start thinking in terms of a narrative versus a story? Where do they get started? So I have this simple framework that people can visually picture it's 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 really simple it's really easy look at your company with four dim- you have four four dimensions uh one goes from inside to outside so what's inside your company your organization what's outside your environment your customers everything and then look at it from the individual perspective 
to the collective perspective. Mm -hmm. Individual is you as a founder, as a leader, a CEO, and you can have also this dimension uh, apply to maybe your 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 other colleagues. In fact, anybody in the company. You don't have to be a lead, a, a, a title leader to to feel like you know you you belong at an individual level. So there are four four areas that you need to look at. The first one is the individual and uh, internal. How do you feel about your company? What's your level of passion? How are you aligned? What's your how does this relate with your own life narrative? If you were the founder of a company that you built from scratch, typically, typically, you did it because there was some kind of calling or purpose or reason or something happened in your life that made you want to start this company, uh, either traumatic events or positive events. And so that's an area that I, I always encourage people to revisit um, because also it changes over time. Many leaders will uh, forget about why they because mm -hmm. they're we're, we're so busy doing a hundred things every day. We're like, why are we doing this again? <laughs> we feel a little bit like, or sometimes we want to take some, some perspectives. So that's the first thing, diagnose, start your diagnostic there, and then move to the, the three other dimensions. We, I don't want to turn this into a, a course. I have, I have a course coming up, or you can go to my website if you're interested. But very briefly speaking, the next part to look into is, how does your company resonate with the outside with even with people who are not your customers like does it does it make sense to them why is your company uh thinking that you're going to have a positive impact you know out there what is um what is the result of your company uh, can, can you can you tell us why it's important now today how is it relevant the next dimension would be about your team so collective and inside um Okay, what is it, how do you treat your team? Do you do you help do you make them co-create? Do you allow them to uh, co-create the goals, the vision, the processes? Uh, what's the perspective? What's the culture? How do you tackle tough challenges? Or like me, you know, years ago discussing elephants in the room. Mm -hmm. That's another another facet of, of of the narrative that has tons of stories you need to explore. And then final but not least is your product story and your customer stories, I should say stories because there are, there are so many. And that dimension needs to be explored. Once you have done this, then start by diagnosing those four dimensions and see where you see the gaps and see what may, what might be actually some strong assets. Mm -hmm. some, some, some of those stories will come back over and over and you will feel like, yeah, these are really why people want to work with us or buy from from us we've got to tell these more often you have to you have to repeat yourself and i know it's one of the chapter in your book john that i i really enjoy <laughs> so much is about repetition like you know yeah, we forget yeah. that we have to repeat ourselves every single day as a leader we we you know we forget that so <laughs> start there number step number one is diagnosing produce four dimensions I love it. And it's in, and I, what I like about it in the book, it's you lay it out pretty easily. It, it, it's a flows. It's simple. It's easy to follow. And then you give great, you give, you show examples of companies that are doing it well. And Mod was one of the examples in the book yeah. and that are doing it really well. And so, you know, leaders, I just encourage you to to, to pick up this resource because it, it's so, it, it'll make, make you think differently about the idea of stories. Because I think up to this point, I've been thinking like you, I've read a lot of these books and about, you know, writing your story and telling your story. And that's important, you know, and this hero's journey and putting the customer in the hero as the hero. And I, I love that. 
and, yeah. and it resonates well with me. But but I think you're you're right to say that there's the all these stories exist in a bigger narrative. And mm-hmm. what is the bigger narrative in your company? And and is it is it aligned with what you're trying to be in the world? And I think that's the that's the ultimate question here. That your your book is helping leaders yeah. resolve and fix and and make sure they're paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. I I really so so I. I, in my book, I, I named three of my uh, three examples. I, I, I admire those companies. In fact, last night I published another article with 15 examples of them. Oh, great. I, I constantly research them. I see this pattern. Now, you know, it's like you've seen a red, red car once and now you all you see is red cars. Yeah, exactly. That's your it. Own yeah. one. So, so same thing, you know, for me years ago, I'm like, gosh, I now I see this pattern. There's really that that system. I see this and I see this, this the, the CEO is doing the same thing over and over. Has anybody talked about this? Yeah. No. Well, okay, let me try to, to model this. And now I can see this. I mean, um, Oatly, they, they make, uh, they make oat milk. Uh, I I'm, I'm looking at, at tons of very cool companies in Europe, in the environment, uh, Mimbly, they're, they're, they're changing the way we do laundry and, and, you know, mm-hmm. less, less water, less microplastics in the water. And they have an entirely new way to look at the laundry and laundromat in, uh, industry in Europe. Um, you know, co-working spaces. I mean, the list is very, very long. And then in the book, I give 10 examples of my clients and I highlight the leadership principles that they mostly applied uh, when working together to build their own narrative. I think it's fantastic. And I think this is the resource, you know, leaders that you need to have to, to think in, a, in, a, in almost in a bigger picture of what you're, you know, what you're probably thinking today about your business. Think yeah. about the bigger picture and what's the impact uh, that your company is making in the world. And I think it's more than just making widgets and making products. It's more about, are you making a difference? Yes. And uh, and I think that's what you're pointing to. And I think it's really powerful and it's really good stuff. Guillaume, how can people find out more about your company and the book that's out there? Well, now that you know my company name, MetaHelm, <laughs> Just go to your web browser, web browser, everyone, and type in MetaHelm. Um, at the top of my my website, you will see um, a menu item that uh, has my book. And uh, right now, it's uh, it's only an ebook for now. I'm I'm working on the print version. Um, and it's free, and I don't even ask for an email because I just want this to uh, to be a fuse of people. Uh, so that's where you can go. Uh, if you really like what I do, uh, check out my articles too. I publish three times a week on this topic uh, religiously, and I continue to explore this uh, this theme. So you heard it here first. We have a free resource for you <laughs> to get better at <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Errors. Uh, so go out there, read the articles, look at this ebook. I think it's fantastic. It's well written. The name of the book is Strategic Narrative, a simple method that business leaders can use to help everyone get, understand their business, get behind it, and believe in it. It's about creating true believers in your product, in your business, in your company, right? Yes, and, exactly. And, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> not just the brand, it's the company, right? <laughs> I, I love it, John. I do learn. I do learn on this podcast You're as very well. Good. You're a very good listener. <laughs> so. Every great leader should be. <laughs> well, uh, Guillaume, this has been fantastic. So, um, uh, and I really appreciate it. We'll put links in the show notes for all these okay. resources uh, so everybody can find them. But uh, thanks for coming on the show today. And thanks for sharing this really interesting way to think about uh, our companies in, in, in the, in, in really what they're doing in the world. Thank you so much, John. I, I commend you for bringing 
some kind of cuckoo guy, like French guy <laughs> with this crazy idea to your show. You know, it's a, it's a risky, it can be a risky thing sometimes. <laughs> ah, but I know, but I think it's good. I think you're connecting the dots that, that I think good. a lot of us are seeing. And okay. uh, I think you're good. putting it in a framework that makes a lot of sense. So right. that's why I wanted to have you on the show because I really think this is unique. And I think we need to expose leaders to these kind of ideas. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, it was a joy to be here, John. Oh, thanks again. It was great to have you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production.